Have you ever thought that stuff is made of much, much smaller stuff? I mean you, the human being listening to this right now, are made of organs, which are made of tissue, which are made of cells, which are made of organelles, which are made of molecules, which are made of atoms, which are made of even smaller stuff. Hi, I'm Luisa Drusky-Mazzini, and in a few short minutes I will geek out and explain a bit of the history of the atomic theory. Everything started with ancient dudes, to no one's surprise considering how good they seem to be at creating theories that are either genius and insane. And yes, I am looking at you, Plato. Said ancient dudes were the Greeks Lysippus and his pupil Democritus, and around 500 BC they fought. How many times can I break something up until it's unbreakable? This fault led to the idea that matter is made of minuscule, indivisible particles. Fast forward to 1810, when Dalton, John Dalton, proposed Dalton's atomic theory. This theory used concepts from the law of conservation of mass and law of definite proportion, and it suggested several important things, some of which were proven wrong or a bit different later. 1. Atoms are the smallest unit of matter. This is a tad bit more complicated as you'll see later. 2. Atoms of the same element are identical in mass and properties. Once again, bit more complicated. 3. Compounds slash molecules are combinations of different atoms. And 4. A chemical reaction is the rearrangement of atoms. In the end of the 19th century, some aspects of Dalton's theory were proven wrong by the discovery of the electron. Sir Joseph John Thompson was doing experiments with cathode ray tubes, which convert electrical signals into something we can see with the naked eye. It's very similar to the neon lines you'd see in advertising signs. In this experiment, he calculated the mass of cathode rays by doing tons of very hard math. After doing so, Thompson realized that it was much smaller than the mass of any atom known, and concluded the cathode rays were not rays, but particles, and called them corpuscles, which fortunately we call electrons nowadays, seems that it's, that is, for one, much easier to write. Now, Dalton's atomic model doesn't have electrons, and there are electrons, so a new atomic model was needed. So Thompson proposed one. He knew that atoms had a generally neutral charge, so he concluded that there must be positive charges in the atom too. His model, also known as the pump-putting model, had electrons floating around in this positively charged soup. The journey of the atom was, of course, still far from over. In 1909, Ernest Rutherford conducted the famous golden leaf experiment, where a sample of radium, an element that is rather radioactive, was placed inside a lead box with a small opening, which directed alpha rays from it into a very thin golden leaf. According to the plum putting model, the alpha rays should just pass through the leaves, seeing as the positive charge in the atom would be too spread out and not strong enough to affect the rays. But that didn't happen. A minuscule amount of the rays were deflected, which means that the positive charge must be compacted and dense. With this, Rutherford proposed a nuclear model, which has a nucleus at the center, where the positively charged particles, or protons, are, and the electrons surround it. In 1913, Niels Bohr proposed the planetary model, which is the one you're probably familiar with. In this model, the electrons are in established order, bits around the nucleus. That model brought a few more questions than it answered. Why don't the electrons just fall into the nucleus? How do we even know where the electrons are? The next atomic model was created in 1926, 
That was the quantum mechanical model of the atom. The goal of quantum mechanics is to explain how subatomic particles behave. Since it's a very complicated theory of its own, we won't enter too in depth. However, the main thing you need to know is that electrons and other subatomic particles are actually wave particles, having properties of both, something that is known as duality. Another important thing to know is Heisenberg's uncertainty principle. The uncertainty principle basically states that you can't know both the momentum and the position of any subatomic particle, which means that we don't actually know where the electrons are, which also means that we don't know if they are in nice orbits around the nucleus. Now yes, everything quantum is very much hard, but no, that does not in any way mean you can use it to explain everything you don't know how to explain. Marvel! Following the quantum theory, we can't know where the electrons are, only where they are more likely to be. The quantum model was then proposed in 1926 by Erwin Schrödinger, which you might know as the dude with the half-alive, half-dead cat. This model is formed of darker and lighter orbitals, which are 3D spaces where electrons are more likely to be. Look it up, it's pretty interesting. A bit confusing, but interesting. You may be wondering, where are the neutrons? The neutrons, neutral particles we now know are found in the nucleus, were discovered by James Chadwick. In 1932, Chadwick devised an experiment where he threw tons of harmful particles from polonium into beryllium. The result is the creation of a carbon nucleus and something that was still unidentified. At the time, people thought the unidentified thing was some sort of radiation, considering its neutral charge and ability to penetrate. Rutherford, the guy that proposed the nuclear model, thought that they must be neutral particles in the nucleus of an atom, which provides stability to it. Chadwick then redid the experiment trying to prove Rutherford's theory right. And he did! The unidentified particle couldn't be radiation because that didn't have mass. And if the unidentified thing didn't have mass, a few laws of science would have been broken. This is where our knowledge and understanding of atoms stops. We know we can break them apart, that they make up everything, and are mostly empty space. And we have a pretty good idea of their structure. But the journey is still far from over. In 1897, the plum putting model was right. In 1913, we thought the planetary one was right. Now we think the quantum model is right. Because of all the people mentioned and much more, we now know what we know. And so do you. Thank you for listening and I hope you have a very nice whatever time it is. The music from this podcast came from Ben Sound.